Welcome to the TronCast with Tron Jordheim. I want to talk a little bit today about sales behavior and how it uh, works with pricing and profitability. And from sales behavior, I mean the behavior of the buyer when the buyer is buying, the salesperson when they're selling the behaviors that management is trying to set by how they frame things and how they organize things and how this uh, relates to pricing and profitability. So in any business, uh, you are keeping your eye on your gross sales number, right? Because more is more, but it's also really just all about gross margins Right, what do you have left at the end of the day? Then what do you have left when you're done with debt and taxes and all of that good stuff and the rest of your overhead? And uh, Okay, that's no news to anybody, but uh, promoting gross sales and promoting gross margin do not always align. And that sometimes makes it a little bit tricky. And the way you price things does not always align with profitability. And all your different product types or service offerings come with a variety of cost structures built in. Uh, your customers come with different service levels or attention levels. So you may have what you think is a profitable customer. And when you see the time you spend on them, you think, well, maybe not so much. And anyway, again, that's not news, but that's kind of framing uh, how all of this is affected by salespeople or affects salespeople. Because right? most salespeople get measured by their gross volume, so they're focusing on selling just as much as they can sell and sell, 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 and that's great. Uh, but trying to have salespeople focus on profitability is a bit of a challenge because there are things that they can do to a impact profitability and then things that are totally out of their control on profitability because they're generally not the ones setting pricing or controlling all of the expense variables so but what if salespeople were focusing on pumping up the margin and not pumping up the volume they would think very differently about things uh, but it's not always easy to set that up. So there's a balancing act that everybody's doing as they're going through all of their processes, right? So the buyer is doing a balancing act because A, how badly do they want to buy something, right? Because that determines their tolerance for pricing, terms, delivery, um, all the kinds of things that affect the buying decision are factored by how badly they want to buy something. This is why uh, marketing beats the heck out of everybody, right? Because if when a customer comes to you, they really, really, really want to buy from you, there's a lot of things that they will accept if they only just kind of sort of want to buy from you. So if there isn't a strong drive to buy, it's tough for a salesperson to make a sale happen. They've got to work it. Right? The, the drive to buy is high. There's a lot of ways you can make a sale. So that's the one balance. The th one thing that a buyer is trying to balance is how bad do they want it. And then 
how much does the buyer really want to spend? Does the buyer have a number in their mind on this particular item or service and they're not willing to exceed that? Do they have a total budget for a project and what they're talking to you about has to fit into that somehow? Um, how fluid that number is, again, is impacted by how badly they want to buy something. And a, so a good salesperson knows how to frame this, how much do you want to spend based on how bad do you want to buy it, right? And the buyer's balancing this in their head along with how much does the buyer want to save? Because uh, over the last century or two or whatever, marketing has been very successful at, at getting people to think about saving rather than spending, right? We've all seen the meme of someone with, you know, 27 shopping bags between their two hands saying, look how much I just saved, right? So many times when we go spend something, we walk away saying, man, I saved a bunch of money by buying that. Well, in many ways, that's a ridiculous idea, but this is part of the driver. Right? So if someone knows they want to acquire something, how much do they want to feel they saved by taking advantage of deals, specials, discounts, upgrades, perks, all that sort of thing? And are they willing to spend more than they originally had in mind because they want to capture this whole savings concept? Right? So as again, a salesperson is trying to figure out how to weigh how much they're going to save into how much they want to spend and how bad they want to buy. And none of that really has much to do with pricing or profitability. It's got to do with the drive of the buyer and how that salesperson can kind of assist the buyer into weighing out all these options. So hopefully from the salesperson's point of view, they get a good sale in quotation marks, whatever that means, right? So the balancing act the salesperson is going through is it's easier to sell stuff to people that they want to buy, right? If someone wants to buy something, it's relatively easy to make that sale. You just kind of have to get out of the person's way and let them buy what they want. Right? So in a salesperson's uh, um, little internal evaluation they do when someone says, yeah, I want to buy that, their little bells are ringing in their heads, right? Now, salespeople are also good at selling what that particular salesperson is excited about talking about. And it's natural because if you can get the person who's potentially buying from you also excited about what you're excited about, then that really becomes something that the buyer wants to buy. So now we're back at the easiest driver, right? They want to buy it. Great, they're going to buy it. So problem is if this isn't done well then you just talk yourself out of a sale because you're all excited about something that the buyer doesn't want and the buyer doesn't get excited with you and now you've turned them off because you've killed their drive to buy or you've dampened it depending on how that goes um, so salespeople can also help people realize that they need something, right? So uh, sometimes you can sell somebody something by convincing them they need something. When there's an unknown need or there's some aspect to the offer that's particularly interesting that the buyer had not considered or it's an, 
a new kind of product that nobody knew anything about. But that requires a lot of rapport. It requires understanding the buyer's thought process. Uh, it requires really knowing what sort of uh, drivers all meet together. Um, but look at some of the things that, uh, that we've all bought that we didn't know we need. I mean, cell phones. We didn't know we needed cell phones, did we? I don't think we did. Um, no, we didn't know we needed cell phones um, until someone showed us how cool it was to have a cell phone, and then we thought, well, man, we could use those. Now some of us have two or three of them. So, but to be able to identify some need that the buyer doesn't have is tricky. And you, if you're not careful, what you end up doing is talk yourself out of a sale because um, you're trying to sell them something they don't want. Um, it's also uh, relatively easy to sell what is on sale because then you can really sell the savings. And if it's related to what the person wants to buy, then many times you can make that work because the buyer is not pivoting very far from what it is they wanted. Their drive to buy is high. The incentive of savings is big. But again, this can backfire because um, if you're trying to sell somebody something they don't want, then you can turn them off or dampen their drive to buy and they're gone. Salespeople can also uh, find good ways to sell what pays the highest commission. Now that's a little bit tricky because the, the skill required here is you've got to be excited enough about that product that the buyer gets excited about it and decides they want to buy that or that uh, you can build enough incentive around savings on that particular thing that the buyer gets excited and decides they want it or you're able to paint such an attractive picture of that thing that the buyer goes, well, you know what, I may have come in here to buy a widget, but what I really want is a gadget and they buy it. So that's also a little bit tricky. So then you have the balancing act that uh, owners and management go through because um, how are they going to get the highest margins, right? So if they can make the things that people want to buy the most pay the best commission and have the best profit margin, then they've got the best of all the worlds. But that's not always easy to do, is to identify what are people really after. Uh, what can, how can we attach the best commissions to that, create the best uh, margins built around that? Because those things don't always match, right? So that's the ideal situation. Um, or um, owners and management can get people, get salespeople excited about talking about the things that have the highest margin. And that's not always so easy because sometimes the things with the highest margin aren't that exciting. And so how can you build them into being more exciting so people can talk about them and help buyers become excited about them and, and help direct the, the buyer's drive to buy to that high profit item? Um, or owners and management have to identify an unmet or unknown need that is highly profitable and then work it. Again, cell phones. Nobody really wanted to carry a phone around with them. Who wanted to do that when there were pay phones all over the place and you just needed a quarter or a dime or whatever it was? All right? But uh, how quickly did we get to adoption with that? Um, 
Right? So there's many things like that we, we didn't know we need or didn't care about until we played around with it. Like, wow, I'll take 75 of those. These breakout items are not easy to identify or launch or make work or get profitable. So that's not always an easy way to do it. Um, another way that owners and management can protect their margins is to use sale items and incentives to move things that are highly profitable. But not everybody can, can build a pricing model where you can do buy one, get one free, and when someone does buys that buy one, get one free package, your profit margin's at 75% on all of those things. Right? That's not necessarily easy to build either. And uh, I mean, that's why you see in so many stores or so many retail sites write a whole different variety of products because everybody is trying to figure out how am I going to identify what's hot? How am I going to move what's uh, highly profitable? How am I going to get people excited about things that might end up being a breakout, right? So you've got all of that going on all the time. Uh, the other way owners and management can affect profits is to pay higher commissions on the higher profit items that customers really want, right? So then we're coming back again to making uh, the things that people want to buy the most, pay the most to the salespeople, and have the highest margin. So it's it's tricky to do this whole balancing act between what are the buyer's drivers, what are, what are the drivers for the salespeople, what are the drivers for owner and management, how do you then uh, overlay or on top of that a triple bottom line where the things that you are moving that are the most profitable are also the most friendly to our planet and the, and the best for the people involved at all parts of the supply chain, all parts of the user experience chain from, you know, start to finish for that product. So there's a lot to tie together there. So the trick, of course, is to align everyone's needs so that uh, customers feel great about having satisfied their buying drive. Salespeople feel great for having satisfied their buyers and for having grown their pockets. Owners and management feel great for having uh, identified highly profitable items and moved them through the system efficiently. Everybody's happy because the triple bottom line is satisfied that we're cleaning up our environment, we're protecting our planet for future generations, we're uh, helping our people grow personally, professionally, we're helping our customers have a better quality of life. Oh, a lot to do, but this can all be done, maybe, maybe not, not always so easy, but how are we going to align the buyer's drivers, the salespeople's drivers, management's drivers, and end up with a rich triple bottom line? Anyway, thanks for listening to more rambling about sales and marketing and management with Tron Jordheim at Troncast, and thanks for supporting the uh, Troncast. Hope you enjoyed this. Share it with a friend. Click the little button that says support Troncast. Thanks very much.